Welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA, featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you could join us today. Before I get to today's guest, I'd like to thank our 2023 President's Council sponsors. This is a group of companies that have given a tremendous amount of financial support to our association, in large part so that we can continue to be a strong voice for the real estate finance industry before the California State Legislature and our regulators. So I'd like to thank this year's uh, President's Council sponsors, and those companies include Amerihome, ArchMI, Consolidated Analytics, Funding Shield, Guild Mortgage, Incelerate, Rocket Mortgage, and Western Alliance Bank. Thank you all so much for your support in 2023. And uh, with that, uh, I'd like to welcome today's guest, uh, somebody I am proud to say is a good friend of mine and a new role in working with him. Welcome to Ed Gill, partner at Bridge Council. Ed, welcome. Thank you, Susan. Glad to be here. Uh, So I always like to get started with uh, just people's journey into the mortgage industry. Um, So if you would just kind of tell us uh, how you came to be in this industry, we'd we'd love to hear the story. Sure, not a problem. Well, as you know, or I think as some of your listeners may know, I started my career in the banking field uh, as a commercial banker, spent 25 years with various institutions, uh, national institutions here in the United States. And after that, was privileged enough to go to work as an appointee of Governor Brown with the former DBO, Department of Business Oversight, as a senior deputy commissioner. And in that role, the mortgage industry was one of my clients. Uh, So I had the responsibilities to oversee mortgages, uh, investment broker, dealer, and advisors, uh, small dollar lenders on the CFL side. So... Uh, the mortgage industry was one of the actually one of the first opportunities for me to speak publicly as a member of the DBO. So it's always had a kind of fond part in my heart. So uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. And uh, that's kind of my foray into the mortgage industry as a whole. Yeah, it's uh, it was great to uh, to work with you uh, at the then DBO. Uh, but I was interested, you know, you have such a robust uh, career path in financial institutions. So what was that like moving from the private sector into the role of being a state regulator? Susan, it was it was actually challenging. I think uh, oftentimes when you're looking at the regulator, you, you kind of feel like, mm, I know what they do. I understand what they do. And I don't know if you actually give full credence to the responsibilities that a regulator has. And that that was me in the beginning, to be honest with you. I looked at it as a necessary part of what I had to put up with, not, not even what I had to deal with. It was kind of like, what I have to put up with is talking to a regulator here and there about my portfolio. But once I, I moved into the role of being a regulator, it, it really changed. I think, uh, and, and oftentimes I would give people this commercial that I, I went from worrying about my own bottom line to worrying about the bottom line of many, 
right? It's kind of like you you now have an opportunity to protect consumers that it's not their job to worry about, you know, the the fraudulent lender out there or the person that's looking to take advantage of them. That's now my responsibility. Whereas in the past, it, it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't that type of unscrupulous lender. So I never really thought about, you know, those types of issues that consumers had to deal with and be faced with. So the transition in the beginning, like I said, it was tough because there was so much information coming at me from the standpoint of the various laws. Uh, that I had to come up to speed on and, and even understanding the number of licensees that had a lot of questions for me in the early days that I really was just, you know, for lack of a better term, still trying to find the, the way to the men's room in the office, to be honest with you. So it, uh, it, it was challenging from that standpoint. But after a while, I realized that I had a very supportive team that I worked with. And that's that's kind of something that's near and dear to me is the professionals at the DFPI, the DBO, that were able to understand that I was there for a reason, right? I was selected to that role by the governor's office because of obviously an expectation of leadership skills, but the actual blocking and tackling and the key information they retained and they had and they could share with me uh, on a regular basis, right? So that made the transition start to become a little easier after a little while. Uh, and when I say time or a little while, probably after a year or two of being there, I started to feel feel a little more comfortable. But prior to that, it was uh, it was really the the challenge and the benefit of feeling like I'm actually doing something for consumers here. I'm doing something to help other people other than just being focused on what kind of bonus am I going to make at the end of the year, right? And so it it sounds kind of cliches, but I think in at the end of the day, having spent seven years, seven and a half years as a regulator, I look back on that time very fondly in my career because of the experiences that we had, meeting people like yourself, people in your industry who really want to do a great job for their clients, right? And it's just a matter of making sure that they're not being painted by those few individuals that are not looking to do a great job for their clients, right? And so I think from a regulatory standpoint, that's also important and was important for me is to make sure that we weren't painting the full industry with the brush that we just saw being used by a few select individuals, right? So so that's um, I think that was the transition that made it easy for me to accept the role to try and thrive in the role and uh and actually enjoy it you know now that i look back on it i, I can say it's, it was enjoyable but like anything i think when you're in it and you feel like you're drinking from the fire hose you're kind of like boy i can't get home fast enough or what was i thinking when i made this decision but but i think ultimately it was it was the right decision for me at the right time in my career. I think that's interesting, uh, the perspective coming from uh, the financial services industry and then 
kind of your per your per you know your your view of what the state regulator was like and then you were the regulator and you're like wow this is uh there's a lot more to this than i really realized so that's i think that's probably lost on a lot of people but uh, it was great to work with you when you were in that office and as a former regulator what advice would you give to lenders as to the best way to communicate with their state regulator you know i'm a big proponent of early information to be honest with you, Susan, it's kind of like an, an open communication. The the one impact that I think that a regulating a, a regulatory authority has is to make the relationship as collaborative as possible. Right? We're all here for a reason. Um, you you have to have lenders out there that are willing to lend to the community, and you have to have an agency out there that has to, or is assigned to keep those lenders, I guess, in the perspective of doing the right thing, right? And so I think once we all come to the table and understand that, open communication, early communication is very effective. You can almost look at your regulator as, look, I'd like to run this by you, not from the standpoint of, I'm giving you information that says, well, if I tell you, now I can't move forward with it because I've kind of disclosed what I want to do. And if you don't agree with it, I can't move forward. That's That was never my approach as a regulator. And the sentiments that I tried to share with my team was, look, we're here to make sure that the citizens and constituents, I should say, in the state of California have access to the best products and services that are out there, right? So in order to do that, we need to work with our licensees to make sure that they're presenting their best products and services. So oftentimes you'll have a new opportunity or, or maybe even a tweak to your service. Go to the regulator, let them know, this is what we're working on and we think it's in the best interest of consumers. And this is why we think it's in the best interest of consumers. And then collaboratively work together to make sure that you can bring that tool to the marketplace. And I think that's an effective way to do it, right? It's kind of like, we're in this together to make sure that everyone is profit is successful in their venture. The lender is profitable, the, the client gets the product and service that they need, and the regulator, you know, almost like a referee in a ball game, right? Less we're seen and, and heard from, you probably had a really, really good transaction, right? But the more you hear and see the regulator, the transaction was probably fraught, flawed with something along the way. So something yeah. simple like that. But but I do think open open and early communication is a key. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. And I think that some lenders maybe are hold off on that. So I think that that's really that's a good a good point to be made for, for everybody that's listening with us today. Uh, so uh, 23 has been a big year for you. Uh, you started Bridge Council. Uh, this year with Manny Alvarez, former DFPI commissioner. Uh, um, and uh, congratulations on that. That's a big move going from private sector into government work and back to private. Um, but what I would love to hear, what are the top priorities that your clients are, are sharing with you for, for 2023? Access. Uh, I think a lot of folks are are right now speculating that we are either in a recession, heading to a recession, or times are going to change. Obviously, we've seen the early goings of a change in interest rates. 
that's impacted a lot of lenders from the standpoint of their their portfolio and their amount of business they're they're contributing right now and i think everyone is trying to well let me not say it like that a number of folks have reached out to bridge council from the standpoint of access look we'd like to have communication with our regulators about a particular event or an issue however we're, we're concerned about how our presentation may come across. So we would like to have some feedback from Bridge Council to help us articulate that in a manner in which we're, we're talking about the product and we're talking about consumer needs at the same time. And I think that's probably the, the driving issue that we've been hearing the most of right now. Uh, yeah. As you as you know, um, or as I've spoken to you in the past and shared, uh, Manny and I have just started our foray into the mortgage industry from a business perspective. We haven't rolled out any type of marketing campaign at this point in time. So uh, we've been looking at a number of fintech opportunities. And with the fintech business, the client needs at this point is pretty much I won't say the ambiguity of the law, I would say the uncertainty of the interpretation of the law. And that's what they're reaching out for help with at this point in time. So, but the transition has been great. Um, we started, we launched in March of 2023. And uh, so we're now, what, seven, eight months into this and uh, we're building a book of business and uh, and it's it's been good. Uh, so I think it, it, you kind of, we're going through that, or I'm going through that transition of learning how to handle things a little differently, not being a regulator and not wearing the regulator hat, uh, and trying to transition over back to the private sector where my whole life feels like it's uh, not on display for everyone to kind of take a look at. <laughs> so that's that's been uh, that's been kind of. Uh, kind of neat in the process, but but it's been fun. And I think, uh, as you mentioned with Manny, Manny and I uh, established and started a relationship when he came in as the commissioner at the DFPI, and uh, we became fast friends. And uh, so when he retired, and then a year and a half or two years later, when I retired, it, it's just, it just was born out of, hey, we're friends. We both are looking for something to still contribute to the industry. What do you think about X? What do you think about Y? And uh, after some discussions, Manny started Bridge Council as an individual. And uh, so in March, I came on as a partner uh, and we launched together with a relaunch. And uh, and like I said, it's been it's been good so far. That's fantastic. Again, congratulations. I uh, I I uh, I wish you guys the best. Uh, what is what's in store for Bridge Council in 2024? Like I said, we, we're looking to start to expand to some of the other industries that we both had the privilege of working with while 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 at the DFPI, um, and basically uh, share those services uh, from the standpoint of our expertise, what we feel is our expertise in regards from a regulatory standpoint and share that from a business licensing standpoint uh, with, with our potential clients to see how effective and how helpful we can actually be. Uh, we think the access that eventually I will have, obviously I'm still 
um, bound by a, a one-year um, uh, revolving door ban from the from the organization or the DFPI at this point in time. So uh, my communication directly with the DFPI doesn't start until January of 2024. So we're hoping that uh, we can build on that and build on some of the relationships that I established at the DFPI and, and make sure that that's beneficial for some of our clients moving forward. Now, in addition to that, I think, and I'm not sure if your, your listeners know, but I also spent two years as the chair of the Non-Depository Supervisory Committee for Conference of State Bank Supervisors, which gave me access to all 50 states. It gave me access to 17 other commissioners that were on a committee that I chaired. And so that's been, those have been some some wonderful relationships that I've established and built over time. And so from a from a licensee standpoint, uh, we find that that's very beneficial from a service standpoint. Uh, we think we can offer a unique, uh, maybe I won't, I won't say competitive advantage, but a unique advantage to our potential clients because of that access and because of the knowledge that I have of working with other states. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely exciting, and I will look forward to watching the growth of Bridge Council in years to come. Um, your company became a member of the California MBA this year, and you and I will be sharing a stage uh, next week at the Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Conference in Irvine. Um, I really I really appreciate your support for our organization. Can you share with our listeners why you chose to support the California MBA? That, that's an easy one, Susan. I, th I think it starts with you, your leadership and the ability to watch you over the years that I was a regulator, uh, manage, run, communicate, and negotiate on behalf of your organization was very impressive, uh, for lack of a better term. It was very impressive to see you operate and, and, and do it from a standpoint of fairness. Uh, as a regulator, I think, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of, it's ingrained to have a compassion for consumers, right? Well, I see you balancing a compassion for consumers with the efforts of what your licensees actually need in terms of actions, activities, and things of that nature. So, uh, so I'll say it starts with you. So when Manny and I decided, hey, uh, this is our first opportunity to join an actual organization, it was a no-brainer that that the CMBA was our first choice. And so we're both excited, looking forward to continuing to grow with CMBA, looking forward to participating along the way uh, with various events. And uh, and I think that's, that's pretty much where we are right now. And it's kind of like, uh, let's see, you know, how this new relationship works out, how it, how it, progresses. But I don't think either of us have any doubts that it's going to move along like our relationship has moved along, which has been fabulous. Well, I really appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of our organization. We're honored to have you. And uh, thanks for being on Connect. I will look forward to seeing you in Irvine at our Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Conference next week. You got it. I'm looking forward to it as well and can't wait. Right, thank you, Ed, and thanks to all of you for joining us today. To access any of our past episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Here we go.